Today's sermon comes from the book of Exodus, chapter 17, verses 1 through 7. From the wilderness of sin, the whole congregation of the Israelites journeyed by stages as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water. And the people complained against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Go on ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will be standing there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it so that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the place Massah and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord saying, is the Lord among us or not? This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. My friends, it's a joy to be with you in worship, even in this augmented sort of way. I have to just go ahead and be honest and confessional and say that this is incredibly strange and awkward. In fact, I think I'm more nervous now preaching to a few people in the sanctuary than I am when this place is full. So if you can forgive me for any mishaps, I'll forgive you for any mishaps that happened in your home. I don't know. Maybe someone would have chuckled if they were here. Let us pray together. Creator God, we're thankful for the life that you have given us. And we confess that there are ways that we have not handled that gift well. We've been unwise and wayward. The human race has found many ways to walk away from your love, but we know and believe that you have sent your Son, Christ, into our midst to draw us back to you, to reconcile us unto yourself, and we are thankful. Your Son, our Savior, is at work cultivating in our hearts a desire for your ways, not the ways that we go on our own, and we're also thankful. In like manner, you have sent your Holy Spirit to be a guide, a friend, and a counselor to us to make us a community of care. Thank you for sending your spirit and send it freshly now. Send it in this space. Send it to each place that views this sermon and this service. That your spirit would encourage us by this story of the Old Testament people of God. It is in your name, the name of your son Christ we pray, and God's people say together, amen. Thirst is a compelling sensation. Last Thanksgiving, I had a stomach bug, and I became dehydrated. I just fantasized about a very large, cold, 
ice water. I wanted it in the worst way, but knowing if I gulped down anything, even water or Gatorade, I couldn't hold it down. So I was left eating ice chips, and that wasn't very compelling. So thirsty. I think they call it cotton mouth. You know what that's like if you've done any hard work outside on a hot summer's day or played a sport or hiked through the wilderness. Now imagine these Old Testament people of God. They're en route through the wilderness with Moses, and their wilderness is desert-like, dry. The land itself is parched, and it's not an easy walk. It's not like walking the plains. It's hilly and rocky and hard. You, you can imagine at times they uh, running out of breath, opening their mouths to gasp in more air, and perhaps a little gentle wind blowing dirt on their parched tongues. They were thirsty. And so they begin to complain, we're thirsty, we're thirsty. We feel like we're going to die of thirst. It makes sense, doesn't it? When your body tells you you need something, you not only listen to it, but sometimes you voice the need. I don't know if I've told you this before, but my family has always had a hard relationship with my grandmother. She has since gone on into the grave. But it was a strange and hard relationship. Weird things happen like this. She decided that she would buy every grandchild a book once a year, and that was her gift to them. Take you to the bookstore, and you got to pick out your very own book until you were the age 15, and for some reason, you didn't need to get a book from her anymore. She decided at one visit that my family was on in, uh, down visiting in Florida that she would take Joel and I, my brother, to go buy a book, and she left my sister out. I don't know why, that's just something she would do. And we picked out our books. I was 12, Joel was 6. And now we were driving back home to where the rest of our family was, and it was about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and we had shopped right through lunchtime. My brother saw the dream of every child, the golden arches. And he goes, oh, I'm so hungry. And my grandmother groaned as if she were upset to hear that we were hungry. And then she said, okay, boys, here's the deal. You guys can get either a Coke, a hamburger, or a small French fry. And my brother began to groan. And being much more wise at 12 years old, I knew that wasn't a good idea. So I pulled him close to me and I whispered in his ear, just go with it. We'll both get waters. I'll get a hamburger. You get French fries and we'll split it. I don't know why I'm telling you about my wilderness experience. We should just focus on these Old Testament people and their wilderness experience. They're thirsty, and they groan about it out loud. Moses gets worried because it's not simple complaining. There are threats, perhaps. He, he thinks these people are going to have his head. They're going to stone him to death if he doesn't do something. And so he goes and he complains to God about it. They need your help. And so he worries and he hears more complaint. Any good leader reads stories about Moses and identifies because leadership is plain hard. Just this week, trying to be thoughtful about the coronavirus outbreak and whether or not to close our doors or not has been a hard decision for us to make as a staff and as our lay leaders have gathered and talked and prayed and thought about it. We knew that some people would be upset and hurt we don't want to close the doors of church. People need church, but then we worried about the other kinds of fears. What happens if someone gets sick? And so 
these kinds of situations where you're leading large groups of people, it just becomes hard. Moses had a hard time here. But God speaks. God leads Moses and some elders out to a rock, and he tells them to take the same staff that he parted those waters with and to put that staff on top of a rock, to, to strike a rock. And out comes water. Just like that. Once again, God shows that He is with His people on their journey. God's presence and provision is with His people. God continually acted on their behalf. It's just that the people can't quite get used to the speed or methods that God takes in getting into their world. Some things never change. If I had a nickel for every time I met somebody who told me they struggled to know what God would have them do in their given situation, then my retirement would be in order. Part of our faith, though, is to say things like, God's ways are ineffable, God is mysterious, God's reason is beyond our reason and understanding, and those things are true. But there's another side to our faith that reminds us that God does indeed show up. Yet, we tend to doubt God, and we tend towards struggle and worry. And I just want to say, if you do, if you doubt and worry and struggle, it's okay. You're in good company. These Old Testament people of God doubted and struggled, and often. It's part of the journey. Well, Moses struck that rock as he was told, and water came out of that rock, and it was the very thing that the people needed. It was the thing that they most wanted. It was the thing that they were complaining about so loudly. So, God intervened. God gave them what they needed, just like He had time and again before, as He led them out of slavery under the hands of Egypt and the pharaohs, as He provided them manna and quail to eat for when they were hungry, now He provides them something to drink. And how do the people of God respond? The last line of our passage, is the Lord among us or not? Friends, sometimes our preconceived notions limit what we can see of the divine in our midst. Sometimes our worries and sometimes the busy minds that we have limit our view, and we can only ruminate on our worries and not see that God is actually already there. You know that old joke, don't you, about the floods rising up in some town and a man, a faithful man, a man of good faith, climbed up to the top of his roof and as the water got higher and higher, uh, he prayed to God and knew that God would save him. A helicopter comes by, and somebody in the helicopter with a bullhorn hollers down at the man and says, we're going to extend a ladder to you. Get on. We'll save you. And the man on the roof says, no, no, that's okay. That's okay. God's going to save me. Water gets higher, and he's got less place to stand on this roof. And now a motorboat comes by, and the person driving the boat goes, buddy, Hop in the boat. We'll save you. And the, and the man goes, no, no, don't worry about it. I, 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 God's going to save me. I'm waiting for God to save me. The water comes over the roof and takes the man's life. And he goes to heaven. And when he walks through those pearly gates, he sees God. And he says, God, 
what, what happened? I, I had faith in you. I trusted you. I, I thought you were going to save me. And, and God says, well, I sent you a helicopter and a boat. What more do you want? It's true that sometimes we're in our own way. I want to say to you this. We're all in a hard spot. I sympathize with it. I empathize with it. I'm here with you. So many of you have children now that you have to figure out how to educate for an indefinite period of time. There are others of you who are worried about loved ones in your family because of their age or their autoimmune deficiency. Maybe that's you. I know a lot of hourly employees are wondering how they're going to make it through this time. Guys, we're all in the wilderness together and we're thirsty. We're in a cultural moment where the water is rising high and we're standing on rooftops and we might ask the question, is the Lord among us or not? Let me tell you this. God is here and God will not be silent. Slow your mind. Take a deep breath. Clear it out so that maybe you can hear freshly from God. I believe that in this time of difficulty, God will speak to you through the gentleness and kindness of your neighbor. I believe that God will speak to you through the sweet words of one of your children. I believe that God will show up in the embrace of your loved ones or your friends, maybe even over a phone call. Look for God. God is among us. God will give you what you need, just like he gave these people what they needed at every turn. It may not be when and how we think it should work, but God is here, and God is not silent. In the days ahead, I bless you with that, and I ask you, keep your eyes and ears open, for God is here. Bless you.